By a unanimous vote in June, state lawmakers approved legislation designed to address a lack of equity in terms of access to advanced courses in New York. To discuss this persistent problem and how it might be curbed, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Assembly Majority Leader Crystal Peoples-Stokes, a Buffalo Democrat who sponsored the bill intended to increase access to advanced level classes. Welcome back to the show, Assembly Member. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, it's our pleasure to have you on again. So when it comes to accessing higher level or advanced classes, where does there appear to be a gap in New York? Is this something that manifests itself based on geography, race, income, or something else different all entirely? Recent studies, not just national studies, but one done specifically in New York, it was found that students who are of low income or students who have color were half as likely to be enrolled into advanced placement courses like physics, calculus, computer science, and advanced placement classes or international baccalaureate classes. They don't get offered that. And this is based on a study that was done in 2018 through 19. And I would beg to differ that there's things have changed much because for whatever reason, the system makes decisions based on your ethnicity and your income status on whether or not you should be eligible for these types of classes. What this bill is just seeking to simply do is close this inequity by ensuring that all families and students are aware of the advanced placement classes and what that will provide for them in terms of benefiting their future education. Well, yeah, the legislation specifically requires an annual notice go out to parents as well as students about the benefits of advanced courses. So is it your impression that the current differentiation between engagement in these classes stems from a lack of awareness? I think it does. There always seems to be a general assumption that there's only one level that some students can meet, and so that's the only level that you're willing to discuss. I'll just take myself for as an example. Uh, it's been a long time since I was in high school, David. But I was advised when I was in high school, even after having been accepted to two colleges, that I wasn't college material by the guidance counselor. And that had nothing to do with my capacity to be able to go to college. It had all to do with the color of my skin and her thought process that I should be looking to go into some sort of clerical employment opportunity or become a housewife. Now, I'm not suggesting that that same sort of conversation is had these days, but I know that they have happened in the past, and I believe that the low numbers that we see in students of color having access to these type classes, it's for the same reason. Was that person who tried to steer you away from college white? Yes. And so then do you think we need to go beyond than just notifying parents and students about these opportunities, but also have someone in the lives of these kids who help reinforce the idea that these classes are not just available, but they're for them and that there are other people who might look like them who've gone this route? Parents are their best advocate. And by the way, when you once you get to, to a high school level, you can become your best advocate too. And so if you want to know these things, you could probably search it out and get, you know, deterred or uh, folks not wanting to give you all the details. But if we require the school districts to educate parents about this, parents can say to their children or their young people, like, you know, 
it's about that time that they're going to be offering opportunities for advanced placement classes. You're very good at math. You should go into the one for calculus. You should go and talk to your teacher about how you get access. Or do you want me to go talk to your teacher about how you get access? Because it is all about access. I think we have to require this to happen. Uh, Otherwise, it may not. And I don't want to say that it's simply based on race because I don't believe it is. But I do think that everybody, no matter what your job title is, you come to work with preconceived notions about how you think things should be. Well, the legislation, in addition to the notice, also requires students and their families be notified about support to essentially navigate advanced classes and highlights the existence of financial help to cover the participation in these higher level classes, which could include testing fees in in some cases. Is that part of the access equation in terms of showing that this is not just an avenue that they can go, but an avenue that they can afford to go down? Yes. As a matter of fact, most of this legislation and what it's asking for are the things that were not present in the studies that were done. It's vitally important that people understand that you could get access to these. And if you have to take another test and it's going to cost you money, you should know that in advance. You shouldn't want to know that the day before it's going to happen. Because if you are low income or if you are a person of color, perhaps you have already major allocations for the month. You don't want any surprises coming up about what happens with your kids' education and what you need, you know, to have available. And so advance notice is important. Well, assuming this legislation, if it is implemented, does create increased demand for advance classes, do schools around the state have the capacity to serve that larger universe of kids in the future? Or will there need to be an expansion of the capacity of AP and other advanced classes at at schools in New York? I mean, I I know at some point a new superintendent came into the Buffalo Public School District, and I won't call his name because he's no longer here and he's also deceased, but he found that there were only like – only schools that you had to take a test to get into offered advanced placement classes. And so if there's only four of them, that means every other high school in the whole city of Buffalo were not offering advanced placement classes to their student population. What is that saying for what we're preparing children to be ready for in terms of going to college? It says to me that we're not preparing them because we've already decided that they're not capable. And by the way, if a school changes from you know, having 100 kids who are interested in advanced placement to 250, that just means you need the teacher to start teaching them at that level. Not that you need to go out and hire new teachers to who can teach at that level, because supposedly they already should be able to do that, right? Well, in terms of that readiness that you mentioned, it reminds me of a press conference that I saw you were at last summer regarding opposition at the time to the state's plan to lower the threshold for graduating high school in New York, which continues to be part of a larger trend of, I guess, expecting less and less from students in the Empire State. Do you think that's an accurate description of what's happening? And if so, why do you think the state seems to be trending in that direction of expecting less and essentially lowering standards? I'm not sure why they're doing, but I could tell you that it's a mistake. 
anytime you have a vast majority of SUNY institutions that have to provide remedial coursework for their incoming freshmen and sophomores, I mean, that speaks volumes to what state education is allowing to come out of their K-12. And you would think that they will be trying to reverse that trend by increasing standards, not by lowering them. So to whose benefit is it to de decrease standards? It's not to the benefit of the student. It's certainly not to the benefit of a broader society. And it's not to the benefit of higher ed. It's not even to the benefit of the work future workforce. How do you create a future workforce if no one's educated? Or but if we're all educated, you know, to be retail workers, what is you know where are we going as a society? I think it's a it's 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 a mistake, and we need to reverse that trend. Well, finally, turning to another issue, I know you're passionate about uh, the legalization of adult use marijuana and the establishment of a legal marketplace. How are you feeling? right now as we speak in late August about this rollout? And is there something you think the state legislature should be doing right now to intervene in this process? Let me just say um, there are people who are clamoring for some opportunity to codify card. I don't think that that's necessary. And for listeners, I that's the licensing process that the Office of Cannabis Management is using now for this first round of uh, retail dispensaries. Yes, that that is exactly right. It's the same um, card initiative that they use for farmers and cultivators. It's a temporary license that allows them to be in business to produce a product that could be sold by these particular licensed dispensaries. I believe that my intent of the legislation, I think that Liz Kruger's intent, and quite frankly, the governor who signed it and the governor who appointed the people into both the Office of Cannabis Management and the Cannabis Control Board, I believe that the legislation's intent is for this sort of equity and that we also intended, well intended, to give the Office of Cannabis Management the regulatory authority to implement the strategy to get to where we want to be. And that is exactly what they're doing. And so, there, in my estimation, there is no need for additional legislation. There is a need for people who want to challenge the legislation to be patient and wait for their turn. And I want to be clear, David, New York is the largest market, not just in the country, but in the world for cannabis. Everybody wants access. I understand that. And I think that not everybody will get access, but everybody's going to be eligible for it. There's no reason why we can't start with these card applicants, get these businesses open, and move to October with the board already. The board and the Office of Cannabis Management already has set up for disabled veterans and the other pieces of equity to come in. There's nothing wrong with that. And by the way, most of the people who are financing these law cases are going to be in as well because the law calls for that as well. Well, we've been speaking with Assembly Majority Leader Crystal Peoples-Stokes. She is a Buffalo Democrat. Assembly Leader, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I appreciate you too, David. Thank you for your patience.
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.